So I'm like getting into accessories and stuff like that, like rings and all that. Mm. And I've got this necklace, right? I don't know. Obviously, you can't. If you put your hand in front of it, maybe. Oh, for, for people who, who are listening. <laughs> yeah, I meant but, like, like Jesus Christ. Okay. This uh, podcast is so professional. It is it's, so professional. It's gone a bit anyway, blurry. It's, it's an astronaut hanging on for dear life. Mm. I just felt that that's a good representation of me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was... <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, oh, it's a representation of like Nick hanging on for dear life or something like that, but it just wasn't. <laughs> uh, and with that, welcome to the 107 podcast where we are hanging on for dear life. Oh, yeah, we are. Oh, God, we're so professional. Um, yeah. Alrighty, yes, welcome. This week, we've been to Canada, eh? Uh, we went to Canada, yes. Across the uh, pond. So was Daniel Ricardo and Will Arnett. Yes. Uh, Actually, I no, Daniel Ricardo was there. Will Arnett wasn't. Yeah, he was in a studio somewhere. I've got no idea where he was. Um, yeah. But he could have showed up. I mean, come on. Like, um, uh, I haven't heard the commentary, so I would. I the only commentary that I had heard because, like, and this is very annoying. I really wanted it to be like an alternative commentary on F1 TV, which is how I typically watch. Because yeah. I would have paid good money to have that as an alternative commentary. The only clip I saw was Daniel Ricciardo eating poutine, which is obviously yeah. Canadian, and then finishing it off by drinking um, maple syrup straight afterwards. <laughs> and Will Arnett was just like, you are the most Canadian person I've ever seen. It was the, uh, phenomenal. If the commentary was a really alternative, like Daniel Ricciardo just going off in tangents. Oh, God, then... yeah. Yeah, that would be ridiculous. But I will Hell, I'll try and find it. tell you that story it. about me and Max doing this and that. Yeah. <laughs> this one time. Uh, but yeah, no, I wish I caught that commentary. Um, but I do have to say, this week was brilliant. I thought it was it a very was a entertaining race. race. Quali was very quali was very entertaining. Yes, quali was good. Mixed things up a little bit. Um, yeah. And then uh, the race itself was also pretty good. So I, I can't was. complain. I have no notes. No notes. <laughs> uh, no, I, I of course, this is the 107 podcast. Of course, I have notes. Um, so, But con- considering Spain as well. Oh, well, yeah. Spain, where I genuinely almost fell asleep. I've only ever fallen asleep to one race, right? And I'll, I'll very quickly explain the story. I think I had stayed the night at my current girlfriend's house and there was like some sort of birthday party or whatever and um i think we fell asleep at 4 a.m um and then uh we got up at like 9 10 in the morning because she had to go to work or whatever it was and i distinctly remember it i wanted to go home at a certain time anyway to go and watch the the f1 and it was like in saudi arabia and I distinctly remember struggling to stay awake because it was on later at night as well. Struggling to stay awake and falling asleep around lap 15 last year <laughs> and then waking up to uh, the podium celebrations. I missed maybe from lap 9 all the way through to the podium celebrations. I completely fell asleep. Wow. I, I don't know how, not even just sports, I don't know how you can watch something on tv and fall asleep i i was so tired like i'd only had like four hours sleep i i was dead i yeah it was not good i had to re i literally re-round the the race and watched it again 
the next day i say watched it again actually watched it for the first time the next day anyway even though i knew one anyway um but yeah that is the only time but spain brought me close to it honestly um yeah we'll, this we'll st- we'll start at the bottom and we'll just go through some key moments um i guess the first one is uh pierre gasly being blocked right at the end by carlos science yes stopped him from progressing he was not happy about that no understandably understandably yeah. not happy and i just i don't understand the lack of communication that's going on i know it's ferrari but still you've got to tell him like look, you've got this person here you've got pierre gassi on a flying lap just move over but i mean we'll, t- we'll talk about pierre um yeah. ferrari a little bit later on yeah but, i've yeah. just made a note for us to chat about ferrari at the end because i wanted to bring it up too because my <laughs> god do we have some things to say to fosi i do apologize congrats on the le mans win by the way the le mans yeah, win yeah. was brilliant uh um, I, I, I love um uh, yeah. was it charles's radio message and then i think was it a few hours later he had that pr instagram post. oh yeah so, yeah we're a family yeah, yeah we're a family absolute nightmare absolute nightmare um, the second big thing, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a lot more, mm. um, is Perez. Yeah. Making it to Q3. Perez dropped a bit of a clanger, didn't he? Yeah. Again. Which, well, I mean, what is it? It's the third race in a row he's not made Q3? Oh, I think so, yeah. It's not good, especially where I think he, he was saying in the run-up to the race, like, oh, the pressure's off a little bit because, you know, the title's effectively gone is what he was saying. Um, yeah. and so he needs a little bit of a reset, and it just didn't work out that way, did it? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's really strange because you know, obviously they don't want Sergio challenging Max Verstappen, but mm. not literally like we don't want you like at the back end of the grid. Yeah, yeah, they exactly. want they want one twos throughout the end of the season. Yeah, I'm having and... a look at my. Do you remember I did my statistical analysis? His current finishing <laughs> positions have been second, first, fifth first second 16th fourth sixth which is just not consistent enough at no. all uh which makes it very hard for my fantasy f1 sergio <laughs> <laughs> um but it's just not been consistent enough has it nope not at all and then you had oscar piastri bringing out the red flag which yeah. ended q3 early yep and put for an hour or so, maybe 30 to 45 minutes, Nico Hulkenberg was in P2. <laughs> was in a podium spot. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got oh, the Nico. grid penalty. Um, yes, so do you know why he got the grid up. penalty? I remember, but I can't say I remember and then just say I forgot. I did see something. Was it something to do with this? So he was speed speeding lane? under the red flag. Yeah, that was it. I was going to say speeding in the pit um, lane, but that didn't sound yeah. right. Um, so, so, so is that so... when he did his... A lap that got him into. I P2. honestly, I don't know. I couldn't because tell you. that's when you were listening to like Martin Brundle in the commentary. They're saying he just made it before the red flag. Mm. But maybe so I'm I think it was, was yeah. The it lap it might have been something along those lines. Yeah, so, um, which is a real shame. But I mean, he dropped down like a stone in water anyway. I mean, so there yeah, is that. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about Haas uh, as well. But um, and yeah, so and then obviously Max was. Wet, dry, changeable conditions, damp, slippy. He, he's just, you know, it's literally, it is a battle for P2. Yeah, onwards. yeah it is. Um, but uh, Alonso, Alonso did very well. Alonso did very P2. well. I think he would have got P2 uh, just on merit as well. Yeah. Uh, maybe Lewis would have would have challenged him a bit, but the red flag came out. We 
we never got to tour their finished laps, but true. But it was getting wetter, so I don't know how. I oh, know they, they wouldn't have even if they like got stopped the red flag. Like they did go out afterwards, but they all said it's just too wet to yeah, improve. It's just not much point. Yeah. So, so, but it was very ex- and actually we have saved the best for last. Mm. Alex Albon, top of the Oh, mate, honestly, I think fans are going to get bored of this Albon domination uh, <laughs> because. Like, uh, can I can I point out because I'm going to jump forward slightly as well because he did phenomenally in the race as well. He did amazing. Um, races. He is my hero of the weekend. 100%. Alex Albon is my hero of the weekend. Um, his his quali laps were brilliant, and you can very clearly see why he was so highly rated by Red Bull until obviously he had he lost the seat. Um, and you can very clearly see that he was definitely put in that Red Bull seat too early because can you imagine him in that seat now? Like, can you imagine him in a decent car? I would maybe argue he would push a bit harder than Perez. I think he would. I think he would, in all honesty. Um, but unfortunately we won't, we won't ever get to see it. I I mean, he was was retained by Red Bull. Yeah, for a reason. and he's come back after a year into a Williams. So he's had a year off from competitive racing. Mm. And to perform as well as he's doing... He didn't. He did some touring car stuff. DTC, DTM stuff. F1, oh, Formula One. F1. Sorry, yes. One I do apologise. Yep. Um, yeah, you know, shout out to him. Especially with... And we'll talk about Williams a bit later. The position of Williams. Yeah. Like He's put in that car where it doesn't really it doesn't deserve, deserve to, be. to be there, I don't think. No. Um, so, and all the points that they can get, they'll take them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's what you have to do when you're... Where are they now? P7 in the constructors? Um, only after... Excuse me. Only after those points, I believe, though. Uh, they are P9. P9. Yeah, Alpha Tauri at uh, bottom. I knew Alpha they had Tauri seven points. I think that's where I got mis- mixed up. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, the... And very, like, I'm sorry to say, but very clearly, Logan Sargent is is not doing as well as alex he just isn't and i I think that's very factual to say at this point um so i don't think he's quite on the i still think it's an upgrade in terms of him compared to uh goat tifi but um i i think that alex has now proved that that car can score points and i'm a little bit worried if and when driver negotiations start to come up and he hasn't scored a point. I'm a little bit worried. But then again, it's Williams, so I'm not entirely sure. But then again, you do have two or three potential good drivers coming up from F2, Oliver Behrman, Vesti. So they they could potentially bring in the F2 champion or runner-up or whatever it is. I don't know. It's just a thought. Anyway, that's completely off on a tangent. I do apologise. Uh, let's maybe go back to back to... Uh, back to quality and stuff. Um, but were there were there any other bits and pieces you want to pick out of quality? No, I think yeah, we we, we covered the the main things there. Like, it, I think it was a really exciting qualifying. You know, yeah, it was just it tense was with the weather. It's like right, you need to get a banker lap in. Mm. Is the track getting better? Is it time for dries? As yeah. album proved, you know. So it was a really really good qualifying, and I think. I guess the annoying thing is, and this is obviously no slight on Red Bull, they've done a great job, Mm. is that if Red Bull weren't as good as they are, or even if you excluded them from the championship, how exciting would this season be? With 
Like sometimes Ferrari's strong, sometimes Mercedes is strong, sometimes yeah. uh, Aston Martin is strong. You got Williams coming up in there, you know. It's uh, it's and you got Ocon. You got Ocon doing really well for uh, Alpine. It yeah. would be a real mix of winners or podium positions to the point it would be unpredictable in a way. And you're like, right, who's going to do well? In this race, he's going to do well in this circuit. Yeah, so. I think you have to make up your own excitement if you're not a Red Bull fan this season. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I genuinely think that you have to look to those other battles that are happening, even for P12, P13. Like there was a quite a fun battle between Nick DeVries and Kevin Magnussen during the race, which was great to see. And also a battle between Bottas and Norris for like 10th ninth place exactly. so yeah. it's 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 pretty good there's some good racing um or at least there was this week yeah um, post the red bulls there doesn't seem there's there is a little bit of like mercedes ferrari uh aston martin and then there is kind of like the williams and the alpha tower towards the bottom with the yeah um alfa romeos there is kind of segmentation but not as clear as it's been in like right yeah your bottom level yeah your mid-tier your top especially with ferrari sometimes being mid-tier and yeah nico hulkenberg putting that has in positions that mm. it really shouldn't be as well well i mean kevin put it on pole last year in brazil for the sprint race yeah so i mean it's it's stuff like that like that, that like it's it's become more unpredictable which i really really like yeah. so um, we, we are technically having closer racing but I will get on to that. That's a, a point I would like to bring so up. So let's move on to the race. Yes. Um, we'll start with uh, Red Bull. Yep. Max, because I, I didn't know this. So I'll let you explain. Max's, yes. So uh, you didn't know. So as we were pulling up the uh, the notes, the meeting notes, uh, the meeting notes, uh, the notes, the notes. <laughs> it's where, so professional. Yeah. So, so, for, so for those who don't know, uh, essentially what we will both do is we will both have a, a Google Docs sheet um that we that we chuck in noteworthy bits and pieces in that we can talk about during the podcast and one of the first the first point i have under race is max had a bird stuck in his brake duct for most of the race yet still still won um so essentially yes uh max had a had a bird stuck in his front right brake duct since maybe within the first 10 15 laps essentially um he okay. did say on the radio oh i think i hit a bird um yeah. but obviously you didn't know whether or not you know it was you know he hit it with his wheel ran it over and squished it or whatever it was or maybe he didn't even hit a bird um so but it was, it was some of it was stuck in the brake duct um he did a little interview after the race and he said yeah that was um uh, something I had to do, and like I feel sorry for the bird, um, but I also feel sorry for the mechanic who has to now fish out a dead cooked bird <laughs> from this from this brake duct. Which, let's be honest, that is horrible. Um, yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, but, it's uh, it's guts. not good. Um, but so I think that bearing that in mind, plus bearing in mind the fact that there was a safety car, although the winning margin was less than twenty seconds this time for red bull please do take into account that there was a safety car and he had a bird stuck in his brake duct which would have obviously compromised his lap times anyway so please don't read too much into the fact that you know aston martin were that much closer with alonso being p2 um because i think that his race was greatly affected by both of those moments essentially so i don't think that the rest of the pack is catching up significantly let's say 
Oh no, not not in the course of one race like that. No, no, no. Also... I I just know that like Aston Martin brought quite a few upgrades. Mercedes obviously are still fine tuning their upgrades as well. So if you were to look at it on surface value, you know potentially the 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 other teams are catching up, but I don't think they are in in reality. That's that's all I wanted to say around that. He also did mention that they were struggling with the tires, keeping them in the optimum. Yeah, I don't. Canada's f- always a weird track for tires. Yes, he, he's also said it's not a circuit that's suited for our car, so that could obviously add to it. Where he's kind of pushing a little bit more just to keep the heat in. Yeah, and then when probably Austria, he'll just be like, "Oh well, I'll make up for Canada now." <laughs> yeah, I think Austria, he will run away with it, especially last year because obviously when when we were there, haha, yeah. uh, when we were there, Charles Leclerc won. Um, did. and nobody really expected it everyone thought max was gonna absolutely walk it well i think uh, um, i think charles expected it because he said like yeah. we've got the pace we've got yeah. the pace we can do on Sunday. he was and... weirdly confident wasn't he i remember yeah. like on the way to back to the hotel like, i said to you like oh he's come out and said in an interview i was on my phone and you were driving um like he's come out and he said no we, we should be in a good place for tomorrow and i was like is he like what <laughs> Yeah, Max I don't, just I don't know. Race. Like he's just won the sprint race, so I don't, I don't know about that one, mate. But sure, yeah. but but he did. He ever took him on track? He did. So there we go. Um, but yeah, so I think that not obviously this week. This week is not race week. Um, both for when we're recording it and we will, we will release this episode. But next week, when it is race week, I imagine that Max will more than likely take pole again. Uh, but enough about in two weeks time back to back to canada we talked about max how do you think sergio got on i think all right he did well going from up to uh p12 yeah but he's got the car to do it but he should not be in that position at all um and true i i think i think Red Bull will be looking, especially Helmut Marker will be looking at this. Like, look, we don't want someone, as I said to you, we don't want someone to challenge Max. Yeah. But we want someone who's P two consistently, yeah. or even P three, whatever, who's just yeah. up there. Again, um, I I think it's a shame that Norris signed that very long term contract with McLaren. Contracts can be broken. Contracts can be broken. <laughs> but I also, please. and maybe he's got um, a clause in there that if a top team, he, he like could. Bull, yeah, he's not. Let's be honest, he's not stupid. Yeah, but I think the, the other thing is, is um, and Max has helped them massively. They want to wrap everything up so they can focus on next year's car because obviously they've got the penalty yeah. with the wind tunnel, True. right? So they want to focus resources on next year's car. And Max is doing it, and we all know he's going to win the championship. It's a given. They obviously want the constructors wrapped up as soon as possible. So it's like, yeah. like, we don't need to focus on this car anymore. It's done. And Sergio is not delivering that and extending that timeline out where they can I'm, I'm sure they're working on is it rb20 or rb19 i think it's 20 oh. uh, they're working on the next red yeah, bull yeah i think anyway. it's 20 yeah they're working on the next red bull anyway but i think they would like to be comfortably doing that sooner and, and sergio is not pulling his weight so yeah it'll be interesting to see because obviously it's a home race for red bull in austria and they want a one two there yeah Especially yeah, I think so. I think anything but a one-two will be embarrassing. Yeah, provided provided that nothing insane happens, you know. Yeah. Um, and yes, so their current Red Bull are currently using the RB19, and next year's will be the twenty. So yeah, he's uh, yeah, like you said, he said he's not feeling the pressure, but something, maybe he he's should. feeling something. Maybe he should. <laughs> um, 
But I think I, in all honesty, in his defense, to play devil's advocate, uh, I think Ferrari did a lot better than anyone was really expecting. They did do a lot better. So let's let's uh, yeah, it leads let's us lovely by... into into Ferrari, I guess. Yeah, let's go and talk about. Uh, I don't. Do you know when something happens? A, yeah, they had a weird so race. much, right? And then it doesn't happen. You're like, I don't actually know what to think anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so They're actually good on strategy and pit stops. They and... had a reasonably good strategy. They yeah. they were sticking on mediums for quite a while, and I was very confused. <laughs> um, yeah, I I was very confused as to why they stayed out on mediums for so long. But then as the race went on, I was like, well, hold on a minute. Yeah. It's working. How on earth is this working? On the data and the simulations helped them pull in some some good points. Um, But they're still... Don't know. I mean, they did it though. I mean, it shows it can be done. (laughs) It's like, oh, there's no pressure. We can can relax and make our decisions. Obviously, it's very hard on the pit wall to do what they do. I don't envy them. Uh, race engineers and all that but yeah it's the consistent mistakes that they're making it's a lack of listening to the drivers for example not telling signs to get out of the way of ghastly yeah or even like charles saying like let's be careful when we like release don't be released into someone yeah and in the pit stop he was released into someone yeah and he's just like yeah and obviously his frustrations were on the qualifying were just loud over the radio just like what is going on kind yeah of thing. Yeah, exactly. So, so I mean, he he's going we... through his Alonso 2014. I saw, I saw this comment uh, on Instagram. He's going through his Alonso 2014 and Vettel 2020 moment where <laughs> it's just where he's like, I've got to be the race engineer, the yeah, strategy, the, the team principal. Yeah, I got to do everything. So, so, do you want to very quickly talk about Ferrari as a whole? Um, so. I I questioned what on earth is going on at Ferrari. Do you think Fred, Fred Vasseur, who is the current team principal who came in at the beginning of the season, do you think he's doing a particularly good job at Ferrari? All things considered, even though they had a good weekend this weekend, uh, if you take I'm, that I'm out, of, it doesn't look great. Uh, I'm kind of on the fence with this. A, because he needs time, right? He, he does need time. time. Yeah, true. You know, um, but then you say that and you look at what James Vowles is doing at Williams. That's the right? thing. Yeah. But the other thing is, is like mistakes happen, things happen. It's mm. the consistency. Like they're making the same mistakes as last yeah, year. Yeah, that's, that's the, same the issue that I have. Race after race. And like Fred doesn't seem like the kind of person who lets things by. If something's no. wrong, he'll let you know, right? Yeah. And... Like, it just seems very kind of out of character that these things continue to happen. And I don't know if there's, if he's got his hands held behind his back and it's Ferrari, maybe it's yeah. Ferrari way, what, whatever it is, it's like you can keep changing team, team principles, but if the same thing happens and you're not addressing the root cause, you know, you could bring in a Toto, you could bring in a Christian, all right? But if they can't do what they need to do to improve the team, then you're just not getting anywhere. Yeah, I think, I think you're bang on. Um, it, it to me, it doesn't seem necessarily like an issue with team principal or with drivers. It no. seems like it would be management, which are probably most at fault. Probably yeah. from the outside looking in, um, because I mean, 
I I even saw on Twitter there was a rumor that Xavi um, had been fired. <laughs> well, I, um, I heard they've got an engineer. I don't know what he is, if it's performance or race or something, but they brought an engineer over from Alpha Tauri. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that's about. I only heard that on another podcast, so I need to look into it. I don't know. A little bit more. I hadn't. I hadn't heard that. Do you know who probably would know about that? Terry. <laughs> Terry would probably <laughs> would. know. Um, but uh, I'm gonna quickly Google it right yeah, now. Yeah, go for it. Um, but I'll I'll quickly fill in the fill in the void. But um, yeah, I just I am just questioning. Maybe like, to me, he should have maybe done a better job by now but that maybe makes me think that you know it's not as easy as it seems or oh, it's a hundred percent not as easy as I, it seems yeah. I, I don't envy what they do but like you don't have to be a genius to see if you're making the same mistake time and time again make the change and if they make a change and it doesn't work at least you can say right they're yeah. trying to fix the problem yeah but right. also they we don't know if they've even tried to make a change we have no idea yeah, um, Hello. so there is that too but it just yeah. doesn't look good from from the outside looking in. It just doesn't look great. Um, yeah, and obviously things are different internally. We don't know what's going on, yeah, what yeah, meetings exactly. they have. Uh, um, but it, it's starting to show in driver frustration, right? Yeah. And it's starting to show. Yeah, it boils over, and we don't want to deal with, with any stupid stuff because it will boil over into the media at some point, and yeah, it's not going to and- go well. I'm still thinking when Lewis retires and Charles has not won anything with Ferrari, that's where he's going to go. Yeah, potentially. Um, I, I think you might be right there. Yeah. Um, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. So, uh, should we move on to Aston Martin? Where... Yes, let's do Aston. A bit more of a positive that... note. Um, well, that, that, that's literally one, one positive. And one yeah, positive. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so Aston, obviously, with Alonso finished on the podium P2, uh, and then we had Stroll finish in ninth place. Um, yeah, he got that from Valtteri, right? The last... Uh, yeah, like, overtook him at the finish right. line, pretty much, yeah, which is mad. Right so hats off to, to Stroll for doing that. However, for Dan Fallows, who designs the car... He must be in such a strange position because he, I don't think whether or not he knows he's designed the second fastest car on the grid or the eighth fastest car on the grid. And I genuinely <laughs> think he sat there going, but if, if the simulation data says this, but then Lance does this, how, but we can't trust, but then Alonso is doing... I, honestly, I don't know. I don't envy the bloke because it must be uh, such a difficult... He knows where the cars is, right? Because they bring the upgrades he, and they've got the data. I know, I know what you're trying to say, but, but yeah, it's like... Stroll! <laughs> pull your finger out of your ass and drive like i'm not i'm not being yeah. funny it's your home race well done you've got some points good for you but there are only two your teammate has picked up 100 million in the past three races so pull and your act putting together it in in podium positions and qualifying yeah so. I, I, like this is the thing like don't get me wrong like i understand that lance where was he last week La, uh, uh last spain. race in spain uh lance was sixth and he actually um, finished ahead of Alonso, but only because Alonso said, I won't attack Lance. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> I understand his dad signs Alonso's paychecks, but come on. Like, <laughs> I, I do question what on earth is going on at Aston Martin. We've said this before on many different podcast episodes, but like, I think everyone can see it. It's not just us. Lance, you need to pull your finger out because, I mean, we, we're having conversations about, you know, Checo 
um and and his contributions to red bull and wanting the constructors uh yeah. wanting the constructors wrapped up but aston martin they have 154 points at the moment right overall and fernando alonso has 100 and, no has where is it sorry it's completely bloody disappeared um fernando alonso has sorry this is really bad of me um yeah. it's not it's not loading fernando alonso has 117 of those points out of 154 was it like yes so so lance pull your weight seriously because this is he's, not funny yeah. it's he's just got to because it's not funny like george and lewis for mercedes are consistently bringing in the points yeah. and are close together and they'll overtake him for. Are they overtaking them for P two in the constructors? I think they they, they are. Yeah, they they have overtaken them in P two, which so, is mad yeah. considering how bad that Mercedes was at the beginning of the season. Yeah, so um, horrific. Yeah, Lance, got to step up your game. Just and Fernando is stop pissing he, about, mate. Honestly, like it frustrates I, me because we could have two Aston Martin drivers up there in the up there, like in the decent points, fighting for podiums, but we just can't. Do you know what I want? I want Turkey twenty twenty Lance back, <laughs> <laughs> or Sakir twenty twenty Lance back, who was P three, I think, in that race. Like, well, you know what we did get back—a good battle between. Fernando and Lewis. We did. It was it was pretty good actually. I'm not it I'm was. not going to complain about that whatsoever. Lewis had a good start, overtook him. They had the little little tussle. Almost scuffle in the pits. Yeah. And then Fernando got him with the DRS and just held him off at the end. So yeah. It was, it was it was decent. I'm yeah. not complaining at all. Um before we kind of talk about Mercedes, can we talk about the podium? Yeah, we can we can jump ahead to the podium. <laughs> the yeah, podium of Max, Fernando, and Lewis and Adrian Newey. I there. I I believe that is technically the most prestigious or like like statistically best podium ever. In terms yeah, my, of yes. in in terms of Lewis obviously winning seven <clears throat> eight seven uh, constructors <laughs> uh, uh, constructors of. Uh, Drivers World Championships. Alonso's won two. Max has won two and is probably going to win three, but two for now. Um, And Adrian Newey, I think, has had a hand in building like 20 cars that have won Drivers or Constructors Championships. It must be the best I mean, podium even ever. then, not it even like two for Max and two for Fernando. They're two of the best drivers yeah. out there. Yeah, exactly. Well. So, like, it's it's mad, isn't it? It must, statistically, it must be the most successful podium ever. And it was just yeah. vibes. It just was vibes. It was just um, vibes. I think it's always and they awesome. were and they were all up there on merit. Yeah, right? yeah. Obviously, all Ma- three Max, of them. Max obviously ran away with it, but Fernando and Lewis Still. were up there because a safety car or a crash or anything they're just up there cause they they were quick yeah yeah exactly it was it was brilliant absolutely brilliant it's one of the highlights of the race to be completely honest and it wasn't even part of the race um <laughs> and i think it's always fun seeing alonso drop the champagne bottle down to the <laughs> down to the rest of the team it's always yeah. fun watching that it just is um so yeah pure vibes and i feel like that's the thing i feel like at the moment like you've got you've got like uh red bull who are just running away with it they're like you know the the like school quarterback type thing they're just absolutely walking it but honestly 
like Aston Martin just seems like an absolute vibe at the moment. Like Mercedes are like, oh, we're fighting from the back of the grid, and now all of a sudden we're getting on podiums again, and like taking everything seriously. And then it just like like if it was a sitcom, and then it would hard cut to Ferrari where things are being thrown at the wall, and they're just all swearing in Italian. And then you just got like a disco next door of Aston Martin just celebrating the entire time. Like this is what I mean. It just seems like a vibe. If you had to drop drag and drop me into any team in formula one right now drag and drop me into aston martin because it just (laughs) seems like the most fun possible it just does i I think it's unexpected right they knew where they were last season which is towards the back of the grid they improved steadily throughout and now they're regularly fighting for podiums it's like it's amazing yeah in that short space of time Mm. right of a year to make that massive jump i think they're like we're here for it thank you seb because you laid the groundwork for this <laughs> yes he designed the car he and... would have done he would have he would, you know for a fact he would have inspector seb was 100 percent involved in the design of this car you know it you just know it you don't want to admit it to yourself but inspector seb was 100 <laughs> percent responsible for this 100 percent. i think he may have been responsible for the team in itself operating at a higher operating level. in the uh, way it does yeah um so yeah let's let's move on to mercedes um george had a bit of a clanger didn't he yeah so, george in that war. what an l i know just yeah. I, I don't think he would have got past either lewis or fernando i think they were just that little bit quicker no um it was a it was a race for fourth essentially yeah and um, I mean, he did well once they changed the tyres. He got up. He was there, keeping up well enough, considering the car's damage. But clearly, it was at the front left. They said they were experiencing issues. With. I don't know specifically, but I, think I know it was he a had front a... left brake maybe because it was overworking for whatever reason because um, of the damage to the rear and yeah. to retire the car. But you know, I, I mean, it's very George like. I don't, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Right, I know he had yeah, that one. I mean, he he couldn't get consistent. away with his his usual excuse of the wall turned into me. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, I'm sorry, George. I'm sorry. Um, but the wall didn't turn in on him, so I don't think there was much. <laughs> so mean. I don't You're think so there mean. was much he could have done with the wall turning in on him. Um, and it wasn't the wall of champions. So I did see a couple of memes going around. It's just like, was this even allowed? Yes, it wasn't the Wall of Champions. Oscar Piastri, who is F3 and F2 champion, by the way, did hit the Wall of Champions. Eat that. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, for for me, I think it's an it's a unexpected technical mistake by George, not racing yeah. anyone. Let's be honest, he was on his own. Um, so probably just pushed that little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, these drivers are always trying to push to a hundred percent of the car's limits all the time, anyway. So it is what it is. Um, I think that people hit the wall during quality. People hit the wall during free practice. Yeah, no. it's it, it is what it is. Um, and I think that how many times has George even driven there? It can't be that many because obviously we had the the pandemic. The last time we raced there properly was twenty twenty, right? So I mean, like it's been a couple Were of we years. Twenty twenty. I don't think. We I don't even think it was twenty twenty. Canada F one. I don't think it was twenty twenty one. Um. Yeah, I, I, it might have even have been 2019. I think it was 2019, yeah. Google um, Foo, mate. Google Foo. Uh, yeah, 2020 and 2021 were cancelled. 
So we only, obviously then only had last year in, in uh, 2022 and this year in 2023. However, the uh, Canadian Grand Prix will be on the calendar until 2031. Great. Which is it's quite good. It's an awesome good. race. Awesome race. Awesome racetrack. Brilliant. It's yeah. also fun on the games, to be honest. So there is that too. Um, it is. But yeah, so so obviously there were a couple of years where George didn't race compared to Alonso, who has raced there a million times before anyway. Um, so, or, or Lewis or whoever who's... Lewis is, I think that's one of his most successful tracks. It is, yeah. Um, which is ridiculous. Um, so, so yeah, compared to those other drivers, he might not have that much experience. And then again, I say, obviously, Piastri hit the wall too um who's obviously again not that experienced i don't think he's ever uh, piastri has ever raced there either so it might just be you know track experience it's, that it's, helped um yeah maybe i don't know pushing. That's yeah it. yeah more pushing. than likely just pushing but i think maybe experience in the track itself would probably come into play at some point maybe um yeah also let's be honest it's a podcast we have to talk it up a little bit rather than just going oh well he crashed <laughs> uh <laughs> We can't. We can't have. Uh, we just can't have outrageous uh, statements like he crashed because he was thinking about the sweat on his. Visor. Yeah, he thought it was raining. The yeah. sweat on the visor oh, blocked his view, and that's why he crashed. Yeah. Um, the ghost of the he's... bird that Verstappen hit a few laps before yeah. haunted him. P seven, Albano. Yes, what a great race. Ah, uh, can can we just stop for Talk just a second? Talk about not making mistakes. Uh, when Alex. everyone else made mistakes in front of him, he was there to pick up the pieces, and he defended like a lion. Walex Walbon is unreal. I saved. I'm not kidding. If you're if you're listening to this um, on uh, Spotify or whatever, but if you're watching this on YouTube, I genuinely I saved this image of like the Chad chad meme <laughs> of of, of Alex. chad albono <laughs> chad albono because it's phenomenal and i'm planning on using it for the thumbnail for this for this episode um for youtube and whatever go and check us out on youtube um but yeah he he just had he had a perfect weekend i don't think if you'd have put any other driver in at williams you could put max in there you could put lewis whatever i don't think you're getting p6 to be completely honest, so I think he's, he did literally as best yeah. as he could have possibly done in that car. Yeah, I mean, like they they took the risk in qualifying, which yeah. got him through to Q three. Unbelievable! It would have been, been interesting to see what time he would have done in Q three. Yeah, he could have moved up a couple more. Spaces. Yeah, maybe even got further. Who knows? But like, yeah. pff, I don't care. He came P seven, and it was but brilliant. He got P seven. He defended well. He raced well. Kept himself out of trouble. When people were locking up in front of him and cutting corners, he was keeping it on the Kept tarmac. Cool. And he got the result that he deserved. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. You can't yeah. knock it. You can't. You can't. No. Um, His teammate, Esteban, though. You have to we'll, remember we'll, we'll that just, Logan exists. We'll, we'll, skip, we'll, skip, we'll skip that. We'll, we'll skip Logan. There's nothing to say. You can't skip the red, what white, do you and blue. Say? What do you want to say? <laughs> Oh, his car broke, didn't he? Let, so, let, let's get the most interesting part of the podcast right now. Tell us. His car broke. He had a DNF. <laughs> right, uh, so P8 was Esteban. <laughs> no, I just think he was unlucky. I think he probably could have done a little bit better, but we'll never know. Oh, well. We'll never know, yeah. 
Um, actually, you know what? I don't even want to talk about the Alpines. I, I don't want to talk, talk about, about the Alpines either. I mean, I don't actually. I don't want to talk about anything. I want to listen to you talk about McLaren and Lando Norris's unsportsmanlike behavior. Right. Because I want to. Hit, I don't. I don't so... know what, where you. I don't know where you stand on this. Right. So I'm ready to listen and cast judgment. So we are about to enter the papaya zone. You okay. actually look orange so, now because yeah, of that light. Lean forward <laughs> to into this light, basking in the orange light. Um, I so I have genuinely, and I'm not even kidding. I've brought an LED strip, and I was planning on having it light the whole place up orange when whenever. So we no, whenever we come to the McLaren section, I've, you should I, flip a switch, have, and it should just go orange. I have the, the LEDs which are over here. I think they're still sort of semi tied up, but I will I will get them out to make a point. <laughs> Look, I promise. Look, <laughs> brilliant. So are we gonna hold on? Give me one set. These LEDs. So right now they're they're Williams blue because we just talked about Williams, Williams blue. I'll be honest with you. LEDs shouldn't be hot, should they? These are very warm. <laughs> <laughs> they are very ah. That's oh, that's quite warm. Oh, I'm just gonna. Yeah, anyway, so we will enter the papaya zone when I can find them in remote. Ah, here we go. So, for anyone watching... Come on, come on. Yeah, there we go. Wait, no, that's barely orange. It's yellow and green. Come on. What did you press? the orange. Give it the... That's gone green. Now we've got Aston Martin. Right. Hold on. They're so warm, mate. These are really warm. It says, I'm pressing the orange button. Now they're red. Now they're red. So we've gone Ferrari now. <laughs> I can, hold on a minute. I We're going go... through every team. <laughs> but that's purple. Yeah. Anyway. So that, yeah, this blue. is pointless. Okay. okay. So, uh, <laughs> But I'm pressing the orange button. And they're not going on. They were terrible, like, quality. Um, but, yeah. So, anyway. The... <laughs> We'll, we'll go. Okay, so 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 high level, it was uh, P13 for Lando, P11 for Oscar. Yeah, so no no points, but the car did look quite racy. But let's let's talk about the main thing with them was the five second time penalty given to Lando. So yeah, so here we go. We're, we're entering the behavior. papaya zone. This is as orange as these LEDs get, apparently. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> so I personally like something Mardi Gras. <laughs> would I would like you to come up with the last time. That somebody was penalised for unsportsmanlike behaviour, right? Because that is bullshit, right? I understand what McLaren have asked Lando to do, or maybe Lando's done it of his own accord. I don't particularly care. However, just give him a penalty for driving slow under the, unnecessarily slow during the safety car. Because if he's driving unnecessarily slow during the safety car, say that. Don't just say unsportsmanlike behaviour. Because if it's unsportsmanlike behaviour. He's done nothing wrong, as far as I'm concerned, because he hasn't broken a rule. So pick one. That's my issue with it. Um, but looking looking forward, um, I am hold very on, glad. Hold on. No, no, no. Let's go back to this. What do you mean? We're let's go back it. to this. I'm done. This is the papaya zone. Okay. <laughs> this is the. <laughs> he backed up the pack so yeah. McLaren could double stack. double stack. Yeah. Right. So the right. people behind him. Yeah. Are now disadvantaged. No, right? not necessarily. Yes, because they're further away from the cars in front. Right. Okay, but did Lando go more than ten safety, ten car lengths away from the car in front of him? Did he stop other cars being put in a position where they can race those ahead of him? Yes, Potent- he did. Potentially. However, did he break any rules? Yeah, he did. 
so say that and the fucking penalty fia that's my issue i'd like i don't i don't disagree with giving people penalties but my issue <laughs> my issue is just call it how it is don't say unsportsmanlike behavior because well, it's like you said did he go 10 car lengths no but was it unsportsmanlike yes it, you shouldn't get penalties for unsportsmanlike behaviour. So you can because you can. There's well, an international. You can, but there's an international code of conduct that they refer to. I'm so re- I'm really annoyed these lights aren't aren't going orange. <laughs> you breached that. So I kind of I think it's good. I think it now sets ah. a precedent that if you do something which is unsportsmanlike, we're going to call you out on it and we're going to penalise you for it. Nah, I I still think it's a bit bullshit to be honest with you. You're only doing that because it's McLaren. Well, someone else maybe but you'd be you like know what? yes that's Fuck unsportsmanlike it. um yeah have but to be some neutral. positives some you have po- to be neutral i don't have to be neutral mclaren all the way so the f- <laughs> <laughs> um so for me uh i think that the rest of the race for mclaren other than that that penalty went pretty well um lando made some good moves lando was on fire lando in in canada showed exactly why if you don't give him a fucking tractor he can actually make some way through a pack and actually race towards the top end of the field um something which i presumed uh he was on crack but um the old uh, McLaren uh drivers world champion Mika Hakkinen came out and said that essentially within 6 months McLaren would be fighting Red Bull at the front of the, uh, at the front. I'm not kidding you I I am not kidding you Mika Hakkinen actually said this and I and I tweeted about it from the 107 podcast account and I said I'll have whatever drugs he's on because I would love them <laughs> Um, because like I apparently because of the steps that McLaren are making forward and the upgrades they have planning, he's turned around and said that they should be fighting Red Bull within the next six months. And I'm very confused. So he reckons towards the end of the season. Uh, no, no, six months. The yeah, season but towards ends in the November. end of the season, I, I'm not kidding you. No, no, the season ends in November, so six months they'll be in the winter break. So, so I'm just finding the the article now. He's made a bold prediction for McLaren season, claiming that his former team could challenge Red Bull as the season progresses. Oh uh, wow! So he as said, the season progresses, he says his uh, he he spoke to it uh, and he said, "I think we'll see as McLaren's possible progress during the next two months." Um, his prediction: McLaren will take a major step t- towards the end of the 2023 season. And then he said, and I quote directly, I think they will surprise us massively just in terms of the speed of the car. They will probably probably challenge Red Bull. That is a direct quote from Mika Hakkinen, which is exactly why I said I want whatever Mika's smoking, because that is insane. I I can Um, see them progressing through the season. Yeah, I think they'll they'll bring some good upgrades and work on the car, but I don't think they'll be challenging. If you look at where Mercedes were four races ago compared to now. I think that's the sort of level that he is saying McLaren will take with the new with the new technology like technology that they've got available and also the recruitment that they're making too. I can see why he might think I, that you know. Steps I can are being see that if he's taken. talking about seasons, right? Maybe next season next season, season after. sure, not this season. <laughs> a, a wild, absolutely wild. But anyway, so so my thing, although Lando got a penalty, I see this race as a positive because. McLaren have very clear these LEDs are getting really warm. 
Um, I don't know why you've kept them on. Take them off. Well, they're not even orange, are they? So it's pointless. Anyway, yeah. so the. <laughs> um, but so the, the again, LED should not get hot, kids. Um, but so I think that it's it's very positive for McLaren because they're very clearly they've taken a huge step forward. Um, and it's very, very exciting because I know they have even more upgrades coming over the next three races, which is brilliant. So I, I'm all here for it, and I really, really want to see McLaren go further forward, and I'm 100% not biased at all, not even remotely. Cool. Papaya section over. Can you take off the... No, no, no. I'm take just gonna, off the LED I'll, I'll deal with the burns to my neck, and we'll just switch. Who are we talking take them about off, next? Bird. Who are we talking about next? Uh, I think let's... let's... Let's finish it up. The one te- I only want to talk about one team because oh, we've been talking very for quickly, nearly Piast- an hour. P- shout out Piastri. Piastri had a very good race as well. Genuinely I think had a pretty Piastri good race. Piastri is doing what Daniel Ricciardo should be should be should have been doing. doing. Yeah, and this yeah. is only his first oh, yeah. season in F one. Yeah, I think so far rookie of the year Piastri. Oh, easily rookie of the year. I mean, it's not yeah. difficult. Like you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, we were talking for nearly an hour. This one team I just want to talk about is uh, Haas. Yeah. Um, what is going on with Haas? They do well in qualifying, and then they just go right to the back of the grid uh-huh. in in the race. And how long is Jean and Gunter gonna gonna put up with this? You know, I think Gunter will put up with it for as long as he has a job. Whether or not Jean will put up with it is another question. Um, so so obviously from from Quali, you had Hulkenberg go from second, and then obviously the starting grid dropped down to fifth. And then you had uh, Magnussen in 13th on the starting grid as well. Um, yep. And then they ended up finishing in, I think, uh, Hulkenberg was 15th off the top of my head and Magnussen was 17th. I would, Correct. however, like to add that Magnussen was a lot further down because uh, because um, De Vries dragged him down an yep. exit. When they were fighting each other. When yeah. they were fighting DeVries each other. So up. I think that looks unfair on Magnussen a little bit, but not too much um but it's very the thing is they're not fighting for points as regularly as they would like no especially not compared to last season do you remember last season when kevin magnuson came back and he scored points within his first race and it was like everyone was celebrating it and he did phenomenally he did such a good job coming back and then compared to now where they're they're just not quite able to fight for points and i think it just goes to show that those small teams really do struggle compared to those bigger teams even with the cost cap in place which leads us on because i think it's uh talk about williams and the cost cap williams uh but very quickly would you like to talk about alfatari no let's talk about williams and the cost cap (laughs) I would very quickly just like to say, DeVries, <laughs> screw you for ruining my favourite Danes race. Sorry, let's go blue for Alphatari. Um And, oh my God, this, I, I look like I'm in a rave. Oh, wait, hold on. I can have it stroke. Strobe effects. Oh, yeah. So, for, <laughs> for me, for, <laughs> for me, for... How do I... Um, can I un, unturn you off on, on this thing? Uh, you, can, you can, yeah. Um, anyway, so... I, I'll just, I just want to talk to myself. I'll turn off. Um, but yeah, so the um, for me, AlphaTauri, they're just they're just a bit of a walking L at the moment. The only good thing about them is Yuki Sonoda, who uh, yeah dragged the car up to P14. There we go. That was that was that was the AlphaTauri. That's what it was. Yuki had a radio message where one of the engineers was leaving, and he's and he said that he was going to Ferrari. That's why it's not public yet. Ah, okay. So in a radio message, UK was UK was saying goodbye to an engineer and said good luck at Ferrari or something. And so that was 
how it was announced because I was trying to find ah, the article. Okay, right. Uh, that's, I see. That's what it was. Um, um, well, at least it jogged your brain. Now, Williams. Yeah. Williams and the cost cap. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you give the uh, background for this. So, uh, a man who you may know of um, called James Valls, who used to work at Mercedes AMG Patronus Formula One team, to give them their correct name. Uh, as you may well imagine, Mercedes have vast amounts of very modern technology. And then Mr. James Fowles goes down to Williams, and Williams are essentially running a Formula One team out of a shed in their grand's back garden. <laughs> so, <laughs> so James has gone, well, hold on a minute, what do you mean your wind tunnel is a bit of PVC pipe and then Dave from accounts blowing through the end of it? Um, and a few of the bits blowing, blowing vape smoke <laughs> blowing vape smoke through the end of it it's just like yeah, Dave can we remember just not the cotton candy because nobody likes yeah. that smell Dave um, but, <laughs> but so you've, you've, you've essentially got some very very outdated um, infrastructure at Williams um, and some of it was apparently 20 years out of date so for a Formula 1 team if let's say you've got facilities that are 5 years out of date at Red Bull you're already questioning whether or not you should upgrade them. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not the best for Williams. And so essentially, Dan, her Dan, Jesus, uh, essentially uh, James, who uh, is so used to modern technology um, and doesn't want dial-up internet at Williams, has written to the FIA to ask for a essentially an allowance for a smaller team or smaller teams to breach or have a added amount to the budget or the cost cap, um, which I think is reasonably fair to ask for two reasons. One, I understand that the cost cap is there to, you know, stop teams from running away with it. However, if you're consistently coming uh, like 7th, 8th, 9th in constructors, you're nowhere near the top. So I think it would be okay if you would spend a little bit more because obviously very clearly that wind tunnel time probably isn't helping too much, right? Which is the main difference between the top team and the bottom team. Um, so I think if they were to say that, right, with wind tunnel time, you also get money that you can spend within the, like like your cost cap or cost whatever or like limit is is raised to the lower down you are in the field um i think that it's not a terrible thing to do especially considering that aston martin have are just about to or have just moved into a new factory um which was just signed off before the cost cap came into place so, and I think that obviously Aston Martin, let's be honest, they've been a bit cheeky with that, slash a bit lucky, slash bided their time very, very well um, to actually get a new factory signed off before cost cap was even a thing, right? And it was literally done mid, like months before type thing. So I don't think it's completely outrageous for Williams to say, hey, can we have the cost cap blown up an extra 10 million for us for this one season for a one-off so that we can upgrade some things, some infrastructure and stuff? I personally would allow it, um, but I think that maybe if they were to add in a rule, let's say, to say that, you know, either the lower down in the field you fall, you can raise your limit by, let's say, 15% compared to the top team. So the top team, the limit is currently 130 million. So let's say you had a 15% of that is what 
16 and a half 17 million extra a year for the cost cap i reckon that'll probably pay for a decent amount of facilities or whatever it is um or you could maybe say that once every five years you can break you can have an extra 20 million added on or 10 million or whatever it is purely for infrastructural needs i think that that would also be okay once every five years you can sign off on that um to purely for infrastructure purposes not for car development or anything like that but for infrastructure purposes or something then i think that should be allowed as well some sort of rule i'm not saying that that is the perfect way of doing it but i think that allowing those lower teams to get a little bit of a leg up to make racing more interesting is fine um especially because let's be i i've heard through the grapevine that none of the other teams are really opposed to it that much because essentially they're hoping that you know if you're if you're alpha alpha tari or if you're um uh if you're who does uh alpha romeo sorry the other alphas um if you're alpha romeo and suddenly there's maybe you know an extra 10 50 million to go in the budget cap in the budget you you, you probably take it so i don't think that every team would be against this rule either especially if like you're you fall on hard times type thing and you're suddenly eighth or ninth in the constructors all of a sudden you get an extra 10 million to chuck into r&d type stuff like to upgrade your wind tunnel or to do whatever i don't know just to put a new coffee machine in for the engineers type thing then that's that's great so i imagine at williams they're still making their coffee with uh i don't know like an old like camping pot and and a, and a couple of sticks they found outside Dave's house. Like I I don't understand how that team has technology that's twenty years out of date. It's insane, right? Yeah, um, I like the concept of the idea. I like that it should kind of ma- not match like wind tunnel, but the lower down you are in the championship, yeah. you should have. All right, you can have extra money to invest in better facilities, better yeah. technology to help you. Um, kind of catch up to the lead teams because the whole point of the cost cap was to get equality but if you bring in the cost cap where some teams like williams are already at the bottom it's even harder for them to to get back i guess my one the one thing that came to mind is how does the fia stop like essentially like sister teams using uh like red bull could use alpha towery to like okay they've got a little bit extra money can you do this? Can you try this? Can you test this? Because yeah. we don't, we're not allowed to do it, etc. Um, that would be my one concern because Mercedes would use Williams, Ferrari would use Alfa Romeo, Red yeah, Bull would use Alfa Tauri. Um, that's it. But I think it's a great idea. But I also think they need to go back and look at the cost cap because, you know, when we had the episode with Terry yes. uh, a few episodes ago the where Matt, they yes. made staff redundant and staff you know, can't have pay rises and things like that. I think that's been an unintentional consequence of the cost cap. And salaries perhaps should be excluded for staff or certain members of staff kind yeah. of thing to allow them to, you know, make money doing what they love and, you know, not have to, especially in today's climate. So I think yeah. they, they've had the cost cap now for, how long have they had the cost cap now? Uh, 18 months? yeah 18 months since it came into I, I think they effect. should review yeah. it get this information back from the team the team principals and say look you know we've had to make people redundant James Val's come like you should have a tiering system and redo redo the cost cap yeah and 
yeah, I, I totally agree with James. I think it's a great idea. And I hope that the FIA um, allow him to breach, essentially breach Coscap. Yeah. And help Williams to, because look, that's what we want as fans at the end of the day, right? Is that yeah. we want teams fighting each other. Uh, you don't want it to be our same Williams at the back of the grid, Williams at the back of the grid, 2021, yeah. 2022, 2023, 2024. That's it. So great idea. And yeah, I, uh, I look forward to a positive conclusion of that story. Yes, let's let's hope that something's done. I mean, like I said, it, I, I, I am in no way an expert in this sort of stuff. And so I fairly understand that me saying like, oh, maybe like a breach one in one every five years or uh, I mean, like look, no, no one knows right? or whatever. Cost, I, I the don't cost know. cap is new. Yeah. And you like we're just thinking of stuff at the top of our head. Right. And, we, and again, we don't know how the cost cap works yeah, behind the scenes and stuff like that. Um, so but that idea that James has, I hope that the FIA and F1 listen to him. Yeah. And give uh, Williams and smaller teams. Uh, that little bit of a leg up. It could even just be the bottom three teams. It could be. Like, the bottom three teams, they're allowed to exceed the cost cap by 5, 10, 15% respectively. Yeah. Like, something, it could be something as simple as that. Um, I really don't know. I've got no idea. Or it could be that, like, you know, with football, you can't submit losses of over 120 million. Yeah, but let, let's not break into this because. Uh, yeah, let's be honest. Like, let, like when <laughs> that, they talk about cost cap, whatever they've yeah, got, the financial cost fair cap play and financial fair play work. is bullshit in football. So maybe it's not a good example, but you get my point around like, that. You're, yeah. you're only allowed to submit, like, losses or whatever. So maybe if Williams say, look, we didn't have a loss during 2021, 2022, okay well then you will allow, be allowed to you know break or whatever or i don't know but yeah, please yeah. for the love of god fom fia please have a look at it and take it seriously because i i think it should be allowed in some capacity for sure um yeah because we all know there are there are ways around the cost cap right they're just of course. Are. so right. let's be sensible about they, this they have millions of dollars pounds whatever to hire the best lawyers the best accountants yeah to just hey, you know what we're just going to build another company yeah <laughs> like 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 i think that that's the thing williams are potentially being too innocent about it they're playing by the rules too much they could yeah. very easily create um create some sort of williams like department that specifically does um specifically looks into aerodynamics or specifically looks into simulation or whatever it is like they could literally if williams really wanted to they could spend let's say 10 million dollars redoing the whole um redoing the whole simulation structure and then just say oh well that was for our um for our like formula one esports team so i mean what does it matter it has nothing to do with the cost cap type. i don't know whether or not it does fall under the well, cost cap. i mean cap, technically you mean like they, they could do something like oh a new simulator costs twenty million. That's quite expensive. But a new simulator for our Formula One esports team exactly costs nothing. You know, doesn't affect the cost yeah. cap. This is oh, exactly and what I'm talking Alex about. Alex happens to be on it. Oh well, that's a happy, oh he's he's yeah okay cool he's yeah he's it's a it's a marketing thing. Oh let's pay them one dollar for every hour we use that simulator. Or you know there are so many things that they can yeah. do potentially. Again, this is us talking who have zero experience on it anyway. 
but yeah. um but yeah so let's hope that that's a that's a positive outcome uh for williams but that that's it for for canada unless there's anything else you wanted to you wanted to bring up i'm just going through my app no there's one thing that i want to talk me. about um which was the drs train that was happening um through through the majority of the race uh behind i think it was nico hulkenberg at one point and stuff like that um and it's very frustrating to see cars stuck in a drs train and again i would really like them to revisit as to why drs was introduced it was to help aid overtaking and stuff like that whereas currently right now it is not aiding overtaking during instances where everyone is stuck behind another car and i would like something to be done about it in terms of you can only use drs once during a lap or whatever it is just something because these drs trains kill the racing and i really do think it needs to be looked into more deeply yeah it, they need to do something about how and when you can use your drs just tr to trial it i tell you what next season trial drs you can only use it once per lap during sprint races done yep Done. Would you would you say they can use it anywhere or so like within, only in the, so like, only in the, only, so if there's like two DRS zones you can, only you can either it use one. it in zone one or zone two yeah that could be good because it would mix then, things up but then what's to stop let's just say you're behind Esteban Ocon right yeah okay you enter the DRS zone yeah if Ocon doesn't turn on his DRS yeah. at the DRS detection line. He's not allowed to turn it on then. Yeah, the exactly. Yeah, zone. he has to like he has like fifty meters to turn his DRS on, or and that's it. He can't just suddenly. Oh, I would, turn actually, it on. I wouldn't even say that. Like, if he turns it on when he crosses a line, that's his choice. But if he doesn't turn it on and sees, I know Oscar Piastri behind him, uh, look in the mirror, he's got his DRS open. I'll open mine. That's not yeah. Allowed. I think that shouldn't be allowed. No. Um. I I think that's probably the best way forward um because it just would make it a bit more fair because then also like it would be all oh, do i use my battery because in the last drs zone i use my drs or in this zone i'll use the battery and then charge it during you know the, the next few turns or whatever it is so i yeah. think it would just make it a bit more tactical to break up these drs trains as well because you might have somebody from let's say for example there's four cars in a drs train and you've got the first car keeping them all together the second car is just sat behind the first car and then you have the third car maybe decides to use their drs in a slightly different zone and overtakes and goes into the second position so like just to mix it up a little bit even behind the the drs train because behind the drs train there's no overtaking happening either yeah so it's not even like you have let's say ocon out in third position and then you have hamilton and signs behind him and it stays hamilton's like and it changes from signs to hamilton and then hamilton signs blah 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 blah. that doesn't happen it, it just stays the same so i i really do think that something needs to be looked into yeah um, as they say it just neutralizes the racing it does yeah and i think like i said drs was brought in at a time when it was needed and technically it does make sense to you know reduce drag during very long straights um but maybe only use it once per lap or maybe you can only you know, like it comes out of your um ers battery type thing maybe it depletes that or your like your overtake button type thing i don't know but potentially change it a little bit because these drs trains are becoming a modern problem I don't like the fact that they use DRS in qualifying. See, I don't care. I think DRS in qualifying is fine. 
I, I don't, don't like, have an it's, issue it's with it. It's used to aid overtaking. You just want pure quality lap. That's it. That's how yeah, really but it like just makes it. it quicker, doesn't it? So, I mean, I I don't yeah. have an issue with it. I think I'm, DRS, I'm not a fan. DRS and quality is fine. No, but maybe you say no like DRS it. for quality during sprint races. Maybe, yeah. It's one of the good things about sprint races. You can try yeah. stuff. But yeah, yeah um, I think that's a good idea. Just having the DRS use once per lap and you can decide which zone you want to use in. Yeah, I, th- I think that is a perfectly reasonable thing to, to ask. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think, I think again, we are in no way experts. <laughs> um, if people in, don't realize that by now <laughs> yeah then you're very clearly you're in the wrong place um, but if you have made it so far we have been recording for two one 108 minutes 108 minutes uh an hour and eight minutes uh, uh if we'd done 107 minutes that, that would have been perfect. amazing <laughs> or, uh but yeah 107 minutes is like an hour and 40 minutes <laughs> like maybe not hour and 47 minutes that's that's quite a long podcast um, but should we wrap it up there? I know we had some plans yeah. to talk about Austria, et cetera, et cetera, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, no, we'll, we'll do it at another time. Yes, we will. Next week, we will talk about our Austrian road trip that we did last year. Um, which share was, some of your pictures. Yeah, share some photos and stuff. Um, and We can talk about how it was a bit of an awkward race as well. Um, yeah. Sexual harassment. That yeah, that was not ideal. Was I did it? not feel. Neither of us was, was was sexually harassed. By the way, that is not yes. what we're saying. Um, but there yeah, yeah. there were some incidents at Austria last year which were not very good whatsoever. Um, but there were also some very nice things that came out of that race too. Um, and uh, there's also a interesting story about me maybe wearing Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen merch at the same time anyway that's enough for this week uh and if i don't make it here next week it will be because of that comment um but <laughs> thank you very much everyone for listening if you've made it this far in uh to our podcast please be sure to like um subscribe to the podcast because you've made it an hour and nine minutes now you absolute champion um so yeah please be do please be do jesus christ you can tell it's been a long day it's been, uh, it's been a very long day it's also it, like, how hot is it there for you right now because it is currently 17 and it's 10 30 at night uh so we've had highs around 26 27 degrees yeah we've had the same here in denmark it's horrible i hate it it's yeah. very similar to the uk where it's very muggy and humid it's not nice at all um yep. so although like 26 27 might sound lovely in the south of france spain monaco whatever it's a different level of heat and it's disgusting and i hate it yeah i feel dehydrated actually my head's hurt yeah i i'm going to drink some more water from my 107 branded <laughs> water bottle. this is how we go from 108 minutes to 100 yeah exactly. minutes. this is how just complete utter waffle but yeah we've, we're 110 minutes now how on earth have we managed that anyway yes that is it we will actually stop recording now um but thank you very much for listening and we will thank see you. you once again next week